You're listening to 7-Minute Stories with Aaron Califato. Make sure to subscribe, rate, and write a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. And don't forget to tell a friend. Visit our merch page at 7minutestoriespod.com. That's the number 7minutestoriespod.com. This episode, The Confession. There's something I haven't told you. And after thinking about it for a while, I think it's important that I do. I want to share this with you. So this is going to be more of a confession than the story I usually tell. So just hang in there with me. I don't know why it happened. I don't know if it was because of my parents' divorce, the way I dealt with it or didn't deal with it or the way they handled it or the ramifications for that. Um, I don't know if it's genetic, one or the other, or both. I don't. What I do know is it started when I was really young. It started when I was probably seven or eight, and I remember I couldn't sleep at night ever. I would lay awake in bed till three, four o'clock in the morning, and my thoughts would just be spinning and racing and racing, and I couldn't sleep. And I would be thinking so much, and the thoughts would be spiraling to a point where I would scare myself. And the only way that I could sleep was if I listened to the radio. I had a little radio near my bed, and I would listen to it. And it would help center my thoughts, and I would eventually fall off to sleep. And to this day, if I want a good night's sleep, I have to watch the television or listen to the radio. To this day. I'm 37 years old. But then new things started to emerge. It would happen during the day at school. I would have like, it felt like my heart was jumping out of my chest, like heart palpitations. I would feel shaky. I would have these experiences literally like I was outside of my body, like I was disconnected from my own reality. These were the worst because things around me didn't feel real. And I was like, I'm going nuts. And it would last 15 to 20 seconds. And then I would sort of be recentered again. But it was terrifying. And I was a kid and I didn't know what was happening. And I remember I went to my mom and I was crying and she took me to the doctor. They didn't really know how to talk about it or say what it was. I didn't know how to explain it. And nothing really happened from that. It was just like, oh, he's nervous and he's got hormones and he'll be okay. So there was no follow-up. Well, this went on for decades. And as life keeps going, it gets more complicated. So the symptoms got more and more complicated. I was in college for the first time when I went to the hospital. Like I took myself to the hospital because I thought I was dying. I couldn't control my heartbeat. I couldn't breathe. Uh, I felt like I was like literally curled up and I thought I was dying. So I went to the ER. They got the EKG stuff on me. I'm saying my goodbyes and they are like, there's nothing wrong with your heart. This seems, and this is the first time I heard it, this name, this seems like it's a panic attack. And this seems like you might be dealing with uh, anxiety disorder. Has anyone talked to you about this? And I was like, no. And I had read about it, and but I never made the correlation between me and it. I never thought that it was me. And in fact, I almost now thinking about it, didn't want to think it was me because people with that, I thought, 
they have to be on medication and I didn't want to be a zombie and I didn't want that to define who I was. And I, and I felt like it would just be acknowledging something and that I was afraid I was going insane. So like I just denied it and I privatized it and I just made it something that I tried to outthink and outsmart. And so even after that, I didn't ask for help. And because I didn't ask for help, I struggled that moment moving forward with anxiety and panic attacks for like the next 15 years. Guys, through my career and through marriage and through having a daughter and divorce and getting my life back on track and meeting my now fiance and now having a blended family with three kids and amazing career and friends and uh, family and inspiration and passion for life, all these beautiful things, beautiful things for a life that I'm trying to protect. Meanwhile, I'm privately, year after year, waging a silent war with myself trying to manage this anxiety, suffering, and like four people knew about it on earth. Guys, I was averaging two trips a year to the hospital with panic attacks. And when I wasn't going to the hospital with panic attacks, I, this is how bad it got. I would be in a coffee meeting with someone at, at lunch and I would feel it coming on. I would have to go into the bathroom, have the panic attack, wash my face off, come back, sit down, take a sip of coffee and pretend like it never happened. They would never know. And these things are no joke. When you're having a panic attack, you feel like you're dying, literally dying. You do. And it's, I'm laughing at it because in retrospect, it's funny. You're like, how could I get to that place? But you do. And then the pandemic hits. 2020, man. Holy shit. And it was actually one of the best things that has ever happened to me because the pandemic forced me to realized that I needed help. I don't know why it took 30 years in a pandemic, but it did. It was the, it was just the last layer. It was like the straw that broke the camel's back. And I realized because it, I had spiraled so out of control, I remember feeling so bad and it was starting to bleed into this life that I was trying to protect. And that's not okay with me. And I remember looking in the mirror and just saying, I don't want to live like this anymore. I can't live like this anymore. Aaron, you got to surrender. Let go of the control. Let go of the ego. You got to ask for help for your family, but for yourself. I remember saying this. And I made that commitment and I called my doctor and I got a therapist and I kept the appointment. And I've been going to weekly therapy for the last two and a half months. It's been one of the best decisions I've ever made. Ever. And it's not a cure. It's not a cure. It's a step in the right direction. And I'm telling you all this because one, I want to stop adding to the stigma of mental health because I was hiding my own struggles with it. And this is my way of sharing it with you and being authentic with you. Okay. So I'm telling you this, I've dealt with anxiety for most of my life. And finally, at the age of 37, I'm starting to be proactive about it and starting to manage it. The second thing is if you're struggling with your mental health currently and you know who you are and you haven't asked for help, use this confession as a cautionary tale. Don't be like me. Don't wait so long to ask. Do it now because there are people out there that will help. You don't have to carry this burden alone because you're not alone. And I've learned that asking for help can be one of the greatest acts of self-love one can do for oneself. And no matter who you are or where you're at listening to this, you deserve that love and more. 
Thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you next week. Seven Minute Stories is created and performed by Aaron Califato. Audio production by Ken Went. You can connect with Ken at media216.com. Original artwork done by Pete Whitehead. See Pete's work at petewhitehead.com. And lastly, I'm Corey Burse, and I coordinate the podcast. Make sure and tune in next week for another story.